0: Hi, welcome to another episode of the Community Board Podcast with your host, Miguel Valdez. And I'm here today with Dee Sable from the Diversity Council. Did I pronounce it right, Dee? Yeah,
1: it's like Sable, like the first Sable. Sable.
0: Where is that coming from? Where is that? You know, my husband... How do you pronounce
1: it? Sable. 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 So that's your husband's last name? That's my husband's last name, yeah.
0: And where is that from?
1: He, He is, um, his, his people are from the Ukraine Eastern, Eastern Bloc countries. Okay in in Europe so
0: how long y- have you been in rochester
1: i have been here now for 15 months
0: 15 months yes. okay so Over where, where do you move from
1: colorado springs colorado
0: okay so how was your so this this First is your second winter
1: starting my yeah second winter both winters were not too bad no
0: not at all especially so this one
1: yeah this was really nice last winter was not too bad either except when we moved here in december it was raining so it was
0: like, a, yeah. A I remember it got really icy in the yeah. bumpy roads yeah, after it was that. crazy, yeah. The, for our friends who are listening and they're not familiar with the work that the Diversity Council does, mm-hmm. can you paint the picture, explain that to them what what is the mission? What do you guys do?
1: Sure. So I can tell you, Miguel, that this organization has been in Rochester for 28 years now. And that's a long time. That was a long time ago for a community, particularly in the med- Midwest, to start thinking about diversity and inclusion and equity. And we do our work in three equity emphases. And they are civic equity, so equal treatment under law, both through law enforcement and the judicial system. Um, civic equity is also um, equal participation in the political process, and equal participation in both the creation of and the, and benefiting from public policy and then also in, we do educational equity and health equity and our work in health equity is in underlying determinants of health so access to um, living wage affordable housing food security mobility those kinds of issues
0: okay and um, so you offer all this program who is your primary clients or who do you guys offer this these programs or opportunities?
1: Yeah, we do several different things. We uh, do trainings that we offer to nonprofits and businesses, and they are, um, you know, to help create inclusive culture and to focus on equity in policies and practices and those types of things. We have community programs, and we have trainings for the community and um, fun activities for the community. And so we have a pretty broad um, array of of participants and, and constituents and folks who we hope to engage with. We also do a lot of disseminating of information on behalf of um, all parts of the population and community.
0: And do you cover only Umpstead County or outside?
1: We do our work pr- all over southeastern Minnesota primarily, though okay. we have clients all over the state and even in other states.
0: Okay, and um how it's been now with the recent changes in the administration work and and the the environment How you know the way it's been feeling lately yeah. how how is the approach you guys have taken or are you guys busy? how yeah. can you
1: sure so we um have found that this climate of incivility and um uncertainty has created a lot of anxiety and has been affecting a lot of people. And so we saw a a big increase in the number of calls and uh, emails and other contacts that we were receiving from people who were concerned or continue to be concerned about specific things or just feeling a general sense of anxiety about kind of how things are are going right now. Uh, And so we have actually new programs that we are providing um, one is um, just to connect people with really good resources. So when we get receive a call um, we, from someone who's concerned about something, let's say they're concerned about the status of their health care or the status of their marriage, their marital status, their immigration mm-hmm. status. Um, they've seen an increase in bullying or um you know, bias and hate incidents. So we connect those people with uh, a representative from our our team, our volunteer team, and we help them first talk all the way through whatever their concern is and their anxiety is, and then uh, find and uh, connect them with resources, really good, valuable resources, either in the community or beyond the community, depending if they need just good, solid information um, knowledge is power and and mm-hmm. um, you know we have good resources to combat rumor and and um, the things that are going around or actually um, you know services that we have here in our community
0: um, what has been the most challenging for you in this past 18 months you said you yeah
1: 15 months um, you know I think uh, I've been amazed by Rochester itself and by the people here, there are so many incredible people in this community, uh, people that are really committed. I think the biggest challenge is learning to navigate um, the the complexity of resources and services and um, initiatives and and um, programs that people you know have created in all different areas and then creating, you know, I, th- I see the Diversity Council really as as a convener. And um, I think a lot of our work is in bringing people together around different topics that relate to equity and relate to improving, you know, the quality of life here. And I see that that's been a big challenge is to kind of navigate and pull people together and find um, pathways to who's doing what and, um, you know, everything that's available.
0: Yeah, One thing that I really like from your website is that calendar that you guys keep yeah, the calendar of um, events that are, that are going on in the community and yeah. from multiple communities. Yeah, uh,
1: it's a great resource. There are a lot of calendars in our community here, Yes, too, but so.
0: yours is Capture the Culture and from, like I said, from all the groups here in Rochester.
1: We try really hard to do that.
0: To yeah. keep it up there.
1: Our e-news also, so we do, now it's twice a month, we have an, a newsletter that goes out, and it is really broad and captures lots of different things not just um, events and activities but also um, you know reports or um, findings or um, opportunities and job opportunities all kinds of different cultural things-hmm so I think and I, both I, I know
0: and I seen some of um, collaborations that you guys do also with the mm-hmm. public um, Rochester, uh, what is it called the theater uh civic theater? Uh uh-huh, civic theater. Can you mention some of the uh events that you guys
1: Sure. So we currently have um we have a program called Diverse um with with a focus on verse and that is um we hold those three times a year and they're really poetry and spoken word events. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, they have a theme and a quote each time. So we do one uh that that's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and mm-hmm. and focus on kind of black history but the the quote is, is always broader and then we do a harvey milk uh, poetry mm-hmm. slam and, and and spoken word slam and then we have an, um, a hispanic latino event in in the fall and they're really just a place for people of all of every age and from every part of the community to come out um, you know speak their truth share something um, that they feel about the quote or, or about community. and they've been really wonderful events. And um, you know partnerships are really important to us. Uh, they're a great way for us to um, you know, reach deeply into the community and find new partnerships and reach new audiences and help um, the community as a whole find, um, find itself and, and find um, pathways into everything that's going on.
0: How did you um, get into this field? Into the
1: So, uh, I've been doing this work for most of my life in, in one capacity or another, and um, when I, so uh, we got to the point, my husband and I got to the point where we were empty nesting, so our youngest had just graduated from high school, and we thought, oh, what are we going to do now? This was in Colorado, and um, I, I spent my early child my childhood in northern Minnesota and, so um,
0: you're originally from Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. What, what part of town?
1: Um, the, it, it's a little town called Chisago City. It's by Forest Lake and Taylor's Falls and St. Croix Falls. It's about 60 miles northeast of the cities on the Wisconsin border. Okay. Um, and so I thought about coming back up this way and had looked at several opportunities. Um, but when I saw the job posting uh, for the diversity council position, I said, oh, my goodness, that's... Exactly, that's exactly what I want to do. And I started to look to do some research on Rochester and look at the community and discovered everything that was going on with Destination Medical Center. And um, it was interesting to see a community that wants to be intentional about growth and to consider the impact of growth on the front end.
0: Can you describe to our friends who are listening and probably they're not familiar with DMC? What is it and how the Diversity Council can bring resources.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Destination Medical Center is a 20-year plan uh, for the expansion of Mayo Clinic and health service in this region. It's um, an investment of $5 billion and includes some tax funding from the entire state of Minnesota and lots and lots of private funding. Um, But as part of that plan, there is a very deliberate look at um, what would the influx of an additional 80,000 people look like to this community? So that's the projection? Yeah, 80 th- about 80,000 is the projection. And then, you know, how do we um, manage things like um, the expansion of housing and transit and other infrastructure so that it's equitable um, and, and that it, uh, you know, benefits everyone equally? And... You know, many communities experience growth, and then, as an afterthought, they try to go back and fix infrastructure, or they realize that they have marginalized certain communities even further, particularly um, economically challenged communities, end up being completely pushed out of um, you know the core of a city. And so, I thought it would be important to be here with the Diversity Council. Um, in some of those conversations and making sure that doesn't happen and that every voice is heard um, during this period of growth and that while the conversations are going on that there is participation at every level in making sure that uh, as the region grows it suits everyone's needs.
0: Can you um, share with us your definition or description of um equality versus equity absolutely for, for people who might get confused.
1: yeah So equality is you know one of the tenets that our this country is based in um, and so there's this a strong belief in equality which means everyone is given the same opportunities. And so if you've tried to visualize that it's um, if everyone was going to get a toolkit to make it through life, every single person would get the exact same toolkit and that's equality everyone receiving the same um, access Um, equity is a much deeper human principle and what it says is everyone receives what they need to be successful so if you consider that and visualize it it would mean that some people's toolkits are bigger they require more in order to reach their full potential others might receive less they could be different tools in all of the different toolkits And that's what equity is, so that everyone can reach their full potential and that we as humans, uh, you know, as human beings provide that to one another. Some people struggle with that because they think that what we're saying is um, everyone should receive a handout or that the government should be paying for everyone. And, And I don't mean that at all. I mean that we as a community want to ensure that no matter what the methodology is we're making sure every individual here um, is able to reach their full potential and participate at their full potential
0: what would you suggest for somebody who um, they want to engage with a diverse community that they're not familiar and and they want to get closer get to learn from them yeah what would be the first step you would you recommend somebody who want to reach out
1: wants to reach out I think there are innumerable opportunities particularly right now and that's the silver lining I think to what's been going on in our culture and and the way that the climate has changed so there are open houses and um, you know the mosque has been having open houses and um, Rochester for Justice which is um, you know a, a, a group that um Defends the rights of, of African Americans. They've been having community potluck dinners, and other you know organizations and and faith institutions have been having events and activities, um, and we've been having multicultural things. You know, opportunities for people to come together. So, you know, there's the World Festival, and there um, there is um, you know a, a diverse concert that's put on, and I think there are lots of opportunities and. You know, it can be intimidating and challenging to try to step into another uh, cultural um, environment and and but um one thing about Rochester's citizens is they really are open and and warm and welcoming and uh, right now I think that's even more true than it was than I saw it this time last year. I've just been amazed part of a you know, we have an allies and advocates program that and and we do ally boot camps as part of that. And Where is that? Um, we hold them all over the community and there they're, they're up. we talk about um how someone can um respond with courage if they see or hear something going on around them. So even if it's just hearing someone tell an off-color joke or a racist joke or a sexist joke, um, you know, giving them some tools to to intervene and say, "Hey, you know that's not okay with me." or if they see someone um, being harassed or threatened, that they have some tools that keep them safe but also allow them to intervene on behalf of the target um, targeted person. And, and, you know, what bias acts do um, and, and off-color jokes and, and those kinds of things, all of these acts of bias and prejudice that, that we're seeing, they're meant to exclude people. They're meant to say to someone, um, you don't belong here. And the training that we give um, repairs that and says, you do belong. And that's not how we feel um, as a community. But what's exciting about it is the number of people that are interested in taking this training. And our first call for volunteers to come and handle some of the calls, we had 81 people signed up in 10 days that said, I want to help someone else. I want to, you know, be a volunteer and take those calls and connect people with resources, and and we've had hundreds of people go through the Ally boot camps already.
0: Great question. How was you growing up in a smaller town in northern Minnesota? Yeah. Um, you know, with the change of the demographic, how was back then when you grew up? It w- was. Were you exposed, vast. Or, or it was, or the. Like you were mentioned, those kind of jokes was part of, you know, part of the conversation, part of the culture.
1: So um, the small town where I grew up is still is still just white. Um, um, and it was then as well. Uh, and, um, you know, I didn't realize until I moved away, which was about the time I you know, I was towards the end of junior high, um, how insular that community really was. But I was lucky because um, we got to travel a lot. My dad worked for Honeywell and he designed traffic control systems and we got to go all over the country with him while he was working on these projects in the summertime. And so I felt like we had some exposure to culture that a lot of folks um, you know, in small town America don't have. Um, and, and it was culture shock to move to Colorado Springs which is a community of about 600,000 people now, and and, and quite diverse. It was really a culture shock to see that. But when I look back now on, um, you know, what, what life was like in a small town, I can see and feel, you know, in, in retrospect, um, how very white and
0: um, it's just a secluded.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you one story, though. Um, you know, my parents were very open-minded and very um, forward-thinking and they passed that on to us. But when we would go to visit my grandparents, um, my grandfather was a bigot and a racist and a sexist and he used that kind of language in front of us. And while my parents would never say those things, they never once um, stood up to him and said, don't, don't use that language in front of my kids or that kind of joke isn't funny. In front of my kids, and it wouldn't have changed his mind at all, but it would have sent a very clear message to us that um, it's not right. Um, so, and, and that was small town mentality. It was, you know, just who he was and um, who he was allowed to be, um, growing, you know, in the small community where he was. So it was a life yeah. life lesson.
0: Thank you for sharing. One more thing, I want to ask you, uh, personal. What is the think the f- dish or food that you miss the most from Colorado. Oh. I, I I usually Gosh. ask about food because I know that's one thing that co- all cultures or No matter where, you can connect yeah. with somebody. And you know, I would yeah. like to know.
1: It's funny because I have a, like a string of foods that I miss from different places where I've lived. So I spent some time in Florida and they had these things called masareales, which are guayaba jelly um, and like shortbread. And so I miss those masareales so much and but from is that
0: a cuban dish? It's
1: a cuban dish. Yeah, yeah. Um in colorado I what I miss from colorado is the mexican food. And there are some good places here, mm-hmm. but you know you get your favorite and and um I just miss that colorado yeah. style which is Kind of traditional, a lot yeah. of traditional stuff. Yeah, I
0: tried some, I was there last fall and I tried some kind of like a green chili.
1: Yes, green chili
0: is the thing. Oh my God, that was... And I make it. They put it I on eggs, they yeah, put it on everything. Everything. It everything in, is smothered in green Potatoes and...
1: Yeah, and I make it and I, and, but then when I serve it here, people are like, mm, not so sure about yeah. that. So, but I love green chili, yeah, for sure.
0: All right. Anything else that you would like to share from the, the diversity console?
1: Um, you know, I think it's a remarkable organization. I feel very blessed to be part of it. it has a we have fabulous stakeholders, fabulous staff, fabulous board. Yeah, members.
0: I had the fortune to collaborate with some of your staff. Yeah, and great, super great, staff, great, staff great people. people.
1: Yeah, and and um, trainers and um, facilitators and our board is fab- fabulous. And um, you know, I think it's a good organization doing really good work, and and it's work that's really critical right now.
0: Do you guys have, have any... I know you guys have a, a fundraising event. Is that on the fall, right? Or late summer?
1: It's in the summer, yeah. In August, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we have a big event. Um, we're always, of course, open, looking for donations to support our work. Lots of our programs, um, you know, don't yeah. come with a price tag and, and yeah. um, only can, function by support of others. So,
0: Where can people find you besides the website? We're going to be putting plugging that in and the information here in the podcast. Any social yeah. media there?
1: Yeah, our Facebook. We we do okay. a lot on our in our social media and our Facebook. We have we also have a Humans of Rochester project going on in our Instagram. I saw in the library too. Yeah. Is that
0: the big booth that you guys have? Um,
1: well, that's We Are More okay. at the library. So there are a couple of things bubbling up, and we're kind of tying them all together. Yeah. Can
0: you describe that?
1: Yeah. So We Are More is a great um, program, and that is a program of. Um, Journey to Growth, uh, Diversity and Inclusion team is working on that, and that's really to show that there is a lot more than just healthcare going on in southeastern Minnesota, and mm-hmm. um, and and that we are a very diverse culture. And Humans of Rochester actually is a project that came out of one of our student leaders groups. It's their project that they designed, and it's similar to Humans of. New York Mm -hmm. program where people write something, you know, about themselves and and submit a photo, and then we're running that campaign on Instagram. Okay. And um, you know, sharing it in our other social media too. So.
0: Great. Yeah, I saw that. um, I was there with my family at the library, and I saw some information there.
1: Yeah, and we have the Human Library coming up too. So Mm -hmm. lots of really good stuff going on.
0: Right. Well, everybody, please stay tuned with the Diversity Council. Follow them on Facebook, on Instagram. Twitter and go. I'm gonna be putting here the website, and also follow us on Twitter on their community board, on Facebook community board. You can find us on their pages and on iTunes on their community board podcast and Sound, SoundCloud also community board podcast. D, are you gonna be celebrating uh, Saint Patrick's Day? What is your? Have you done any Saint Patrick's uh, host at, at dinner and what kind of dish? If you have
1: well, I n- haven't. I'm not. I'm not much of a cook. Oh, but I'm married a chef, so see. Oh, okay. It works well, but um, corned beef is my favorite thing on St. Patrick's Day. So I'm hoping I'll track some down sometime this weekend.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for being here and, and for all the work that you guys do. And stay tuned, everybody. And we'll see you later. Bye bye.